Praise the Lord and good day to you. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. And a very blessed and happy Thanksgiving to you the day after Thanksgiving, which is today. We're so excited to be gathered around God's words of life, light, and liberty that give us great direction, strength, and joy, and peace every step of the way if we'll only adhere to the words of our Lord. So grab your Bibles today. Let's get ready to uh, dig into this topic that the Lord has us discussing, which is the secret and the fear of the Lord. They're so tightly tied together. And I hope if you missed the first session that you'll go back and listen to it. And uh, you'll find it on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. You can get the app for your smartphone, your Apple phone. They're still working on the Android side of things, having trouble there. But uh, it's not us, it's them. And so I just want to encourage you, if you missed the first session of this great topic, you will need to go back and listen to part number one because it was an intro that you must have a hold of before you move on into the rest of this teaching. And uh, I promise you, if you're hungry for the truth, if you want to walk with the Lord, which can only be done in truth, then you will want to be listening to a minister somewhere who is opening the Word of God and delivering the Word of God in the context of the living Word of God, Jesus Christ, and what He did as the Lamb of God on the cross. There you'll find your feet moving forward in the truth on this path of righteousness that the Lord has set us on, that He leads us in, and that he is going to bring us all the way home through. You see, we're saved by grace and through faith. But this grace that we've been given to stand in and to enter on into reigns in our lives through righteousness, which is the only avenue through which faith comes. And I know people say, well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's absolutely truth, Romans 10 and 17. But the word of God must be heard in its righteous context, Romans 1, 18, 2 Peter 1 and 1. Our faith cannot come. Faith, we cannot mix faith in, in, in some weird or estranged way Faith comes through righteousness. So when we're hearing the word of God, it must be heard and accepted in its righteous context, which means always in the light of who Jesus is and what he did at the cross. That's right, his death. So knowing that, for those of you who do, and learning that even more so for us who do, we get more excited and get to, we, we get to experience more of this perfection as we are growing in, 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 in our lives, in our walk with the Lord. You know, Hebrews 6 says, let us go on unto perfection. Doesn't mean we're going to reach, obtain a place of perfection here on this journey, but we are being perfected 
perfected daily by our perfect Savior in the perfect way he's prescribed through his perfect sacrifice that he offered in himself on the cross. So, you know, all this listening to ministers who are ministering outside the perimeters of the focus of Calvary has got to stop if the church is ever going to get out of its dead, its sleeping state, begging God all of our lives, begging God for revival and never finding it. Forever, the Bible says, ever learning but not able to come to the knowledge of the truth. When you're walking in truth, my friend, you're in revival. And you're not begging God for revival, at least not for yourself. You may be crying out to God for revival for the church as a whole, but once, once you allow the Lord to bring you back to the focus of Calvary, Jesus and what he did at Calvary, and, he, and then he begins to reteach you. Mm, I need to say that again. When he begins to reteach you now in the righteous context, his word, then, my friend, you'll find the fires of revival burning in your heart. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So last week we began a session titled The Secret and the Fear of the Lord, and they're intrinsically tied together. So this is going to be part two on this 24th day of November, 2023. So grab your Bibles and, and, and let's look at, at these scriptures today. And where we're going to begin while you're turning there to Proverbs chapter 14 is where we're going to be. So go ahead and be turning there in your Bibles. And I just want to remind you that uh, we, we have a YouTube channel. I know I mentioned it. I need to mention it again. Curtis Hutchinson 316. Everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded to that YouTube channel. Please go there and subscribe to that channel. Now, I'm not a YouTubing person who's trying to reach so many subscribes so that we can we can get some place of no because we don't even allow commercials on our YouTube channel. So uh, that's that's all those folks out there trying to reach so many sub people subscribing so they can start making money off the ads. We don't do that. I'm, I'm wanting you to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that when we do upload something new, you get alerted to that. It you'll get you a little bell, bing, ringing on your phone or whatever, and you'll look at it and you'll say, oh, Pastor Curtis, has, they've uploaded a new... A service or a new teaching session. It's for you. It's not for us to reach a status. We're never going to make money off YouTube. We're not after that. What we are after is you always having available to you the word of the truth of the gospel being presented to you in that manner, the word of the truth of the gospel so that you can <clears throat> be found growing in your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so that you can have the wisdom and the right knowledge and, and, and be making the right decisions in your life as you're led by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So again, this is part two, and we're going to begin here today in Proverbs 14, 26 and 27. Let's read it together today. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart 
from the snares of death. Now, we're going to look at these two Bible verses today in the light of what we're teaching, which is the only true light of their context, which is the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. We do, we do nothing here at Crossway Church that is not focused on Calvary. Because if the focus is not Calvary, there is blurred vision. There is no focus without Calvary. You, don't, you and I don't have clear vision just because we got saved. We have clear vision. We received eyes to see. Remember what Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, 3 through 5. You can't enter the kingdom or even see it until you're born again. You have to be born again. But then Peter comes along later in writes, if you forget that you were purged from your old sins, you will go blind. So he's not talking about you just have no recollection. I don't even know what you're talking about. I, I forgot. I don't know anything about I was saved or I, I was, my sins were... No, no. He's talking about when we put that behind us, when we put all that truth behind us and then we go on to other things, as preachers are saying, a dime a dozen now, we need to just forget that and move on into it. Now, they wouldn't say it that way, but that's exactly what they're doing. Peter says you go blind. Let me tell you something, folks. If you're not looking to and through the lamb slain, you're blind. I, I was there for years. If we're not looking to and through the lamb that was slain, we're blind. That's why when we hear the word, when we teach, share, preach the word, prophesy the word, It'll always be exalting toward Christ. It'll always be exalting Christ. If he's not being exalted, if he's not being exalted, and he can't be exalted unless our faith is in what God did to exalt him. Hallelujah. The exaltation of Christ in my life can only happen because my faith is in what God exalted him through, which is the cross. Hallelujah. I mean, people say, well, you can exalt him in praise for this and praise for that. My friend, the only avenue of exalting Christ is by faith in what he did that allowed God to exalt him and give him a name above every other name. And you and I need to keep that in mind. So if if. If we go, we can go blind if we stop looking to and through Calvary, even at the words written for us in the Word of God. Jesus, Jesus told the, the, the religious rulers in his day, you, you, you know, the scriptures testify of me, but you won't come to me. You see, every word written in the Bible is going to be pointing us to Christ. Amen. That's what the Bible says the law even did. It was a schoolmaster to point us, to teach us about the one who would come and justify us by his faith. Hallelujah. So today in this second part, I'm trying to stay on track here. In this part two, we're going to look at the fear of the Lord, the secret and the fear of the Lord as it ties to the cross as we always do. Because without it being applied by the blood of what Jesus did at Calvary, there's not going to be an understanding of this according to the understanding the Spirit of God gives us. 
we all day long as men can get together around the table and, and, and piece our own understanding in and even draw scriptures from everywhere else and, and look at how they, oh, this applies to this and this applies to that. And we've done that for years. The Pharisees were doing that and the scribes and, and all those in Jesus that were doing it. But Jesus has to be the centerpiece of every word of God. And when we're pulling word, the word of God, all scripture, you've got this problem, this issue, this bondage, whatever the the topic is, whatever is going on, and we start pulling scriptures into this place to try to help you, my friend, if they if the common denominator and all those scriptures, all those scriptures aren't touching the death of Jesus, my friend, the word can't do anything for you unless it's dipped in the blood. The word is just words unless it's dipped in the blood. We get that from the Old Testament that again, what in Exodus 24 is written about again in Hebrews, I believe it's chapter nine, Moses took and read all of the law, the word to the nation of Israel. And they said, we'll do it, we'll be obedient. And then because God knew they couldn't do it and be obedient, Moses took the blood and he sprinkled it on the people, on the word, and on the altar. You, you have to understand that, my friend, trying to help somebody with a Bible verse that doesn't lead them to the cross, you, that's, you're not helping them. You're not helping them. The, the word of God is given to us to enhance our view of the exalted one and what he did to, to be exalted. The lamb of God, the lamb slain, the word of God, it's not the cross of Christ and now other things, my friend. All the other things preachers call other things that are written in the word of God are there to enhance our view of the lamb slain. If somebody would grab a hold of that, you'd be much better, much better off. Hallelujah. If preachers would grab a hold of that, then they would begin to see the reason and the need to be determined to know nothing other than Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because without that part, the rest of the word's not going to do anybody any good. And that's why the church is dead. That's why the church is asleep. That's why there's almost all ministers in pulpits are hirelings. They're just wandering around talking. They're not saying anything, really. They're just talking. I mean, I, I heard a minister on, on, on social media recently talking about, uh, and this is what they've been doing for the 20-something years that I've known them talking about releasing their faith, releasing their faith. My, my friend, that ain't, those words are not even in the Bible, talking about releasing your faith and all this stuff. It's not, the church is dead, asleep. It's far away from sound doctrine. It's not walking in the truth. There's no power. And it's because the cross has been forgotten. No, 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 not just nowhere to be even spoken of or, or, or touched on occasionally. No, no, it's been behind us and now all these other things that we claim are more important than the cross are before us. And my friend, that's never going to work and the church is never going to get out of its dead state 
as the church in Sardis was told they had a name, they were alive, but they were dead. And they're not, not going to get out of that unless the answer Jesus gave John to give them, talking about Revelation chapter 3, is if they would repent and come back to the place where they received and were hearing properly, which is where they began hearing properly. Galatians chapter 3, when they began hearing the word of the truth of the gospel, the focus Lamb slain, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Until they come back to that place, they remain dead. Amen. Not just mentioning, throwing the word cross in there. As I said Wednesday night, the devil will use the word cross as long as he sees you don't understand it. As long as he sees that you don't understand it, he'll use that word too. He lost his power of death at Calvary, but he don't want you to know that. Somebody needs to shout this morning. He'll, the devil will use the word cross as long as he knows you don't know the power of it. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. But when you start seeing that the cross is everything and the only avenue through which your faith can rest and God work through that faith alone, my, when, when he sees you, you're learning that and beginning to recognize that, he ain't going to use the word cross around you. <laughs> He's not going to use the word cross around you. And there ain't no mystical, magical power in the word cross. But let me tell you something. He knows what happened to him on that day by that man that was hanging on that tree. Hallelujah. And he don't want you to know that. He don't want you to know that. So let's get over here to where we're going today, Proverbs 14 and 26, and we're going to see the Holy Spirit's going to help you and I see more clearly today how the fear of the Lord, the secret and the fear of the Lord is tied to the cross of Christ. It's, it's, it's where that pull is coming from. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Hallelujah. And he was lifted up on the tree and he has drawn all men. He is drawing, as I speak, all of humanity to him. They don't know what the draw is. They don't know what that pull on their heart is. And until we hear the gospel and believe the gospel, we're pulling on our end away from that. We're pushing against that. But when we hear that truth and we accept, choose to believe that, accepting the word of the truth of the gospel, take it personally for ourselves, then we stop pushing against it. We stop pulling, trying to have our own way, and we just give our hearts to the pull, the drawing that's there. Hallelujah. And that's where we're born again, crucified with him. Glory be to God. So watch this in Proverbs 14 and 26. In the fear of the Lord. I hope you'd recognize that little two-letter word, 
in there. It's so important. The Lord is revealing and making it more clear to me now than ever that when he saved me, he put me in Christ. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 verse 3 that I was immersed. If you're born again Christian, it's concerning you that when he saved us, he immersed us, baptized us into the death of Jesus. That's where we find the end of who we were and the beginning of who we will eternally be. Somebody needs to shout glory, hallelujah. That's at the cross, my friend. This is why we always have to minister the cross of Christ because there's where the end of our old man took place and the beginning of our eternal new man in Christ took place. Hallelujah. That's where Christ became the end of all that ever was and the new eternal beginning of all that God will ever be and do among men. Hallelujah to the Lamb. So we were, we were immersed into Christ at Calvary in his death. Now get this now, the Lord's really been ministering this to me and through me a little bit here lately in the ministry. And I want to say this today that you're in Christ if you're a Christian. You are in him if you're a Christian. But everything you need also is in him. Peter, as we were finishing our teaching recently on 2 Peter, uh, Peter says that we need to be found in peace. Well, the peace of God is in Christ. Paul writes to Timothy and tells him, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, be strong, not in Christ Jesus. No, no, no. You're in Christ Jesus. But Paul tells Timothy, be strong in the grace of that's in Christ Jesus. You see, you see, everything you need is where God immersed you into when he saved you. As he formed the first Adam from the dust of the ground, breathed into him, him being made a living soul, God took him and placed him in the garden of where everything he needed existed. The same thing happened when he saved you from your sins and he immersed you into Christ Jesus by immersing you into his death where you will find everything you need. There is nothing that you have need of outside of Christ. Everything you need already is there in Christ. The peace is in Christ. Remember, Peter said you need to be found in peace. You're already in Christ, and you need to be found before God walking in Christ. And when you are, Colossians 2 and 6 tells us that. As you have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, so, meaning like so, walk ye in him. And you received him by faith in his death. So walk in him, the only way you can, through faith in his death. And if you do, all the things that are in Christ also are there for your partaking of the divine nature. Because they belong to Christ. It's his grace. It's his peace. And listen, here we see in Proverbs 14, 26, in 
the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. When was it that you became confident that you could trust God? It was when you heard the gospel. You, you, you had to, at least a little bit in your born-again experience, you had to be confident that that was the truth God was offering you about his son and what his son did for you at Calvary. And when you believe that, because you, you, you might not have been as confident as you are today, but you, you, you became confident within your own self that that was tr a trustworthy, trustworthy truth. You believed it, and God gave you a confidence in that. He gave you a confidence in that. And when we look the word confidence up, let's go ahead and do it together this morning. It means a security. It means assurance. That confidence, you need assurance. You need this confidence. And God didn't just give you confidence. Here the Bible says that in the fear of the Lord, there is a strong confidence a strong assurance. This is not a wishy-washy, well, I'm not sure. I, I mean, and I know we use John the Baptist at times when John was in prison, when he knew they were about to cut his head off, and he, he, he said, Lord, I, I, I hope you are the one. I, uh, he called his guys, his disciples, and said, go ask Jesus, is he sure he's the one? And, and we use that for us. But I've got to tell you today, Jesus gives us a powerful truth about John and about us that we need to see. He said that John was the greatest ever born of a woman, the greatest man born of a woman. The reason for that is because he was used by God to point to the Lamb of God who is now on the scene to take away the sin of the world. But he says this about John. Although he's the greatest man ever born of a woman, he's less than the least in the kingdom. Because John didn't have what we have. John was still under the old covenant. You've got to understand that. John, when they cut his head off, he went to paradise. Think about that. He, went to, he didn't go to heaven. He went to paradise. You and I have the permanent constant. You need to say that word this morning, constant. We have the permanent dwelling, constant dwelling of the Holy Spirit within us. We're in the new covenant. We, we are trusting in, walking in, living in, and he is the one who is the new covenant is dwelling in our hearts. Hallelujah. And we have that. So, And I know that we can still do at times what John did when we're like, Lord, I hope this is right. I, I, you know, I, but we, listen, as long as we're looking to that which Jesus provided for us in his death, meaning what he did on the cross, as long as we're looking for that, then we can be assured that we can walk in confidence. The reason the church today, my friend, is not walking in a great assurance and, and, and this great place of strong confidence is because they're not looking to and through the cross. 
They've got the cross behind them. You've got to get, listen, you've got to face the cross because that's what the Bible says our God is delivering us unto always. 2 Corinthians 4.11. That's what <clears throat> our God, the Holy Spirit, is delivering us who are alive is unto the death of Jesus so that we can be delivered from everything that's preventing us from having this strong confidence. Amen. If you're looking for God to deliver you from timidity, fear, doubt, some chains of bondage that are preventing your strong and bold witness in Christ, it's never going to happen. Let me make sure you heard that again. It's never going to happen until you're facing Calvary's Christ. It's not going to happen until you allow him to deliver you unto the death of Jesus. The Bible says always for Jesus' sake so that you can express Jesus through those mortal bodies that you're living in. Think about that. There is a strong confidence. There is a strong confidence, but it's not just floating around and it's not just you get it when you ask for it. Look at the scripture again today. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. That little two-letter word, in, just as Paul told Timothy, be strong in the grace that's found in, in Christ Jesus. Think about that. This fear of the Lord has to be entered into. And it's in Christ. Listen, the fear of the Lord is all about Jesus because the fear, to fear something means that you're reverencing that something. You are, uh, even in times in the Old Testament, you, you do a word search on this, the fear of the Lord, and God would do something and the Bible says, and the nations are that group of people. So the fear of the Lord would come upon them. That means what they saw God did or they heard the God of Israel did, they feared him. That means they reverenced him. That means they backed away from any plans they had against him. And so the word fear here, if you look it up, you're going to find this one word. It means reverence. And in that word, reverence is the word revere. And so we see when we revere something, when we reverence something, we're placing a value on it. That's why people can hear the gospel and they don't fear the Lord through the gospel because they place no value on it. There's no, they have no fear. They have no value of God at all, not, at least not the proper value of God. So when we fear something, we have revered that, that, meaning we have given that something an estimated value of worth. And that's why the fear of the Lord is the estimated value of God's worth to you. The fear of the Lord, the value of the Lord to you. It's where you're going to find that strong confidence. And see, the, 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 the value of our Lord to us who are Christians is only going to be seen properly and experienced properly as we're looking to what he did, listen carefully, 
to what our God did to show us who he really is to us and for us, which was at Calvary. That's right. If God spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely, with him freely give us all things? So there's where when he delivered him up for us, we have to view that. And the way we view that is the way we're going to be able to view God's desire to load us and get us to receive all the daily benefits he has for us, but it's only with his son being delivered up. You understand that? So your faith has to be in what Christ was doing when he was delivered up for you, meaning to die for you. And if that's where your faith is, that's where God sees you being with him, planted together with him, Romans 6, in the likeness of his death. And my friends, through that avenue alone comes the grace to save, the grace to deliver, the provision for every step of this journey. That's where everything comes from. That's where our value of God is properly made. And we're going to see that today in these scriptures. That's where that our value and our reverence for God is going to come into experience. And if we're not even looking to the cross, then our fear, our value, our reverence to God is not going to be properly Experienced, even if we're a people who are laying on the carpet, staining it with our tears. If it's not, if we're not looking to and through Calvary, where he was delivered up for us, and there we're with him. And remember, child of God, you're being delivered always to that truth. 2 Corinthians 4.11. You're always, the Bible says, being delivered unto death. For Jesus' sake, so that Everything he died for, you won't have to be experiencing lack and dismay. Think about that. You won't have to be experiencing the fear of men, the fear of the world, the fear of the devil, the fear of your own flesh. You can be experiencing the fear of the Lord. Amen. The value of the Lord. So let's go on this morning. That was, that was enough to quit right there. That was enough to quit right there for those who have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is teaching his people. For those who have a Spirit-taught heart, they can follow the Holy Spirit. They can be led by him, but he's always and only going to lead you to Calvary in every decision, in all things. That's how we know it's true because how else are we going to Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Not occasional thoughts. Thoughts that try to exalt themselves against or above the knowledge of God, which is the knowledge of Christ and him crucified. Amen. No knowledge is trying to exalt it. Any knowledge that comes through your flesh, the world, the devil is only trying to exalt itself above and against one thing, and that's your attention, your focus to that place God has assigned and designed 
for you to lay hold of, and that's the death of Jesus and your place in union with him in that death. That's your hiding place, my friend. So look at this today. In, everybody say in, in the fear of the Lord, in this reverential value that you place on Christ and what he did at Calvary, there's a strong confidence. And we're, it's going to prove right here in the scriptures that he is talking about the cross of Christ. He's going to prove it right here to those who have spirit-taught hearts. Watch very carefully. In the fear, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. You need it today, my friend. There's things going on today that's coming after your faith. <clears throat> this is why Christians don't have this strong confidence they need because their faith is not right. Their faith is not right. If your faith is not in the death of Jesus, your faith is not right. It don't matter what's written that you're trying to put your faith in. If it's not in the blood, Bible doesn't say you're being delivered always to the word of God. It says unto death, 2 Corinthians 4.11. Think about that. And in Exodus 24 and 8, Moses did not declare to the people, behold the word. After he read the word, the law to the people, he didn't say, now behold the word. And we're going to put a little blood on this. No, he said, behold the blood. After he read the word, he said, behold the blood. After you hear the message, while you're hearing the message, you better be beholding the blood, my friend. If you're not beholding the blood, you can read the word, quote the word, decree, declare the word. It ain't going to do a thing for you. All these folks running around decreeing and declaring, trying to prophesy to each other outside the perimeters of faith in the blood. They ain't doing it. That's why the church is sleeping dead. That's why we have these preachers come in and, 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 you know, we've heard enough about the cross. Let's hear about this, my friend. All you do, all that is is a rock-a-bye baby ministry. Rock-a-bye, let's put them back to sleep. And, and, and really, it's more dangerous than that. Let's put them back to sleep and stick needles in them while they're sleeping. Let's kick them while they're down. Yeah, that's what's going on. That's what's going on all over the place. These rockabye baby ministries, let's keep them babes. You know, I have to say this today. that It wasn't long after the disciples and apostles had all died and, and, and went on to be with the Lord that the church began to separate itself in, in, into two different categories, really, even before all these denominations separated us, and it's just one level of division after the other. But the first main division and first main big wrong was that the the church began to differentiate uh, and and in in a wrong way between its leaders and the laity. The way of the Nicolaitans, how the leaders begin to exploit and defraud the people of God, the laity, uh, the people in the pew, if you will. And, and the, the, the leaders begin to be exalted and put up on pedestals while the laity begin to be looked down on. And all that, and that is huge today, my friend. That is huge today. Men looking for somebody to serve them instead of men uh, looking for a place where they can serve God by serving the people. Uh, in the early church, uh, you didn't want to be in ministry. My, you, you didn't go looking for ministry. Ministry, the ministry of the Lord, it's the same today. It comes looking for you. 
too many men today looking to try to make themselves a minister, put themselves in ministry, and all that ends up in people serving them in a negative way. We, we are to serve and honor those that God has given us, but I'm telling you, it's in a profoundly wrong manner today for the most part. And the Bible says, I believe it's in Jeremiah 23, 4. Well, let's just go look and see. Jeremiah, let's try here. Jeremiah 23, verses 4. Uh, there it is, Jeremiah 23 and 4. God says, I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them. Talking about feed his people. Remember Jesus telling Peter, if you love me, Peter, you're going to feed my sheep. Remember, there's not but one meal on the table. There's not but one meal on the table. It's the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we know that? Watch this. And I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, confused, have a lack of assurance. What? Neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. There's only one message that removes fear, dismay, and lack, and that's the message of Calvary. Folks bringing other messages. I don't care if we're teaching on prayer or faith, repentance, whatever it is, how to, how to be happily married in the Word of God. Listen, it's all going to be tight. It's going to be covered by that precious blood or it's just going to be philosophy using God's Word. It's just going to be God's Word outside of its righteous context. It's all got to be dipped in the blood of Jesus. Uh, we need to understand that. There's only one message that removes Fear, they shall fear no more. It's perfect love. It's the love of God that was manifest at Calvary that cast out fear. Not going to be dismayed, not going to be confused, not gonna, we're going to have a strong confidence if we're listening to those that God has sent. And, and those that God has sent are not going to open the door to those that God hasn't sent who are focused on anything other than the cross of Christ. And there's not going to be any lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. I, I see that through what my Savior did for me at Calvary and my faith in that moment by moment, because that is what I'm being delivered to always, I'm not going to have any lack. My, my cup is full. My heart is full. My life is full. Hallelujah. Unless I'm looking at worldly things and trying to fill my life with worldly things and I'm just oppressed and depressed because I don't have what the neighbors have and I don't have all that they have. Well, it's because our goal and, our, and what we're after is wrong. If our goal is to be more like Christ and we found the way that that happens, then our platter's going to be full our cup's going to run over. Our heart's going to be full of his joy. And listen, don't listen to them preachers. Yeah, brother, I hear you saying all that. But we all go through hard times. I know we all go through hard times. If I didn't know that, I'd be a fool. We all go through hard times more often than we'd like to admit. But most preachers today just get up there and whine around about, well, the devil's been beating us down. And oh, woe is me. Oh. Oh, oh the, all this stuff. You preach the cross, uh, and the Bible says that all fear, dismay, and lack, it ain't going to be happening. It's not going to happen. Hallelujah. So I wanted to share that with you, but I, well, I didn't know I was going to, but praise God. Hallelujah. Because it, in the fear of the Lord, there's a strong confidence. Watch. And his children shall have a place 
of refuge. Let's look the word refuge up this morning while we're studying. We are studying, right? We're studying the word of God. I hope you get a Bible out and something you can go along with me and look things up. This word refuge means a shelter. Well, who's my shelter? I'm in Christ. He's my shelter. He said, you can tear this temple down. I'll rebuild it in three days. They said, man, you're nuts. You know how many years it took for our people to build this temple? And the Bible says he was talking about his body. He was talking about his death. You tear this temple down, I'm going to rebuild it in three days and everybody believes on me, going to come running into me. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Christ is our refuge. He's our shelter. He's our temple. We're in him. Glory be to God. We are dead with him and hidden with him in God. Glory be to God. It's our shelter. A refuge is your shelter. Amen. It's your place of trust. It's where you put your trust. It's your refuge. So let's read this again. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children, the Lord's children, shall have a place of refuge. It's in the fear of the Lord. It's in Christ. It's in what he did for us. We find our refuge because again, when he died, the door was open and everybody who gets saved goes into that door that Christ said twice in the book of John that he is the door. And we go into that door of death into him and we find that there we're crucified to the world and all that God hates. And all that God hates in the world is crucified unto us. We find the place where we're safely tucked away, hidden in Christ, in this place of refuge. Now watch verse 27. The fear of the Lord. Now it doesn't say in the fear. It tells us that in verse 26. In the fear of the Lord, in this value, in this worth that we give God as a child of God to him according to the scriptures, where and we can only do that as we see, look to, and have faith in what he did for us to make us his children, to give us this strong confidence, to make us his own, to, to offer to us this place where we're securely hidden in the death of Jesus. If that's where our faith is, not if that's what every once in a while we throw that in at the end of a sermon. No, my friend, that's what we preach and teach. Everything else in the Bible enhances that great truth of who our God is to us because of what he did for us and to us at Calvary. So verse 26, in the fear of the Lord, verse 27, the fear of the Lord tells us, verse 26 tells us where it's found in this estimated value of God's worth that we place on him, according to where that is, what that is, that's going to determine whether we have this blessed assurance and it's the strong confidence we need to walk on this journey. Amen. A lot of people, a lot of people don't have this strong confidence, this strong assurance. And a lot of people, you know... Uh, Recently, somebody told me that there was some, what they call a church somewhere with a bunch of LGBT folks if full. That church is full. That's what that church is made up is. And some drag queen was doing the preaching. 
Listen, that's not the same Jesus. That's not the same Jesus. Remember, Jesus didn't tell the woman at the well uh, that you're not worshiping. He said, you don't know who you're worshiping. Remember that. Jesus tells the woman at the well. He didn't tell her, you're not worshiping. He said, you don't know who you're worshiping. These folk today, for the most part, they don't know who they're worshiping. It's not our Jesus. Our Jesus is the one who said that that lifestyle is an abomination. You, you're not going to be able to say that Jesus made you that way and Jesus is happy about that because that's not my Jesus. My Jesus lets us know my Jesus is the living word. My Jesus is the word of God that came to life. Hallelujah. He came bearing the word of God as the living word and the word of God has not changed. Whatever the word of God has always been in the old is still what it is today, hallelujah. It's just been fulfilled and revealed in its fullness in Christ and his sacrifice. There's no revealing of Christ outside of his sacrifice. Amen. So in verse 27, watch where the cross of Christ comes into a, a brighter place in verse 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Well, who is our life? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to the Father. There's no other way of life other than Jesus Christ. The Listen, the only life that exists outside of Christ is the natural physical life that he's already crucified and put away, pulled the curtain on and called it done. It's over. It has a designed fullness coming that it's going to end and be gone and never remembered again. Isaiah 65 and 17 tells us that. Jesus pulled the curtain on everything on everything that man calls life outside of Jesus Christ who is in God's eyes the only life that exists eternally and abundantly. Je Jesus pulled the curtain on all that. And eventually, it's going to be gone and never to be remembered, never to even come into our minds again. Write that down, Isaiah 65, 17. You'll find it there. It's powerful truth. Think about that. The Lord himself, Jesus Christ, is our life. Paul wrote it in Philippians chapter 1. I believe it's verse 21. For me to live is Christ. But for me to die is gain, the gain of the fullness and fulfillment of that life, hallelujah, to be with him, to be like him when we meet him in the air, hallelujah, glory. You can't say that without smiling, glory be to God, because that's about to happen any moment, and I hope it is today, hallelujah. But the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. 
Jesus is our life, and it's his blood that was shed that becomes the fountain of that life. The life of who he is is in the blood. Remember that. The life is in the blood. Leviticus 17, uh, what is that? Let's, oh, 1711. Let's go look at it. It is a Bible study, isn't it? Let's go see. Uh, Leviticus 1711, there it is. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. And we know in the Old Testament that was a type and shadow of the life that would be offered to us through the blood of Jesus. So the life that we have received has come to us through that fountain that was opened up on Calvary's cross. Not only is the life of the flesh in the blood, but you can write this down. Deuteronomy 12 and 23 says that the blood is the life. The blood is the life. There is no life. What does the Bible say about there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood? So Jesus shed his blood, that blood becoming the fount of God, the fountain, if you will, that'll wash every sinner clean, white as snow, hallelujah, if they'll only believe in him and the death he died. If that's where your faith is, my friend, you've been justified and washed clean by that fountain of blood. So back in Proverbs this morning, see how easy it is to preach Christ from the old covenant. That's all they did in the early church. And they were writing the new covenant scriptures as they, as they were hearing from, the, uh, from Christ through the Holy Spirit. But they preached Christ in the old covenant and this is how they did it. This is what they did. Watch this now, verse 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. This fear of the Lord, this value, this estimated worth of God's value, proof here that it's got to be seen and experienced only through the cross because that's where Jesus became to us this life that is a fountain. This fountain that is a life. Hallelujah. You can say it any way you want to. This life offered through this fountain. This fountain of life offered to us through the blood that was shed by Christ on Calvary's cross. And watch the last part of verse 27. To depart from the snares of death. There is no other place of departure from death, whether it be when we were dead in our sins and made free from that to become dead to our sins, whether that is the initial, what we, happened to us, we were saved, or to depart now from this snare of death that the church of Sardis was found in. But not only the church of Sardis, Paul himself said that I was alive once without the law. He's talking about his born-again experience there in Romans chapter 7. I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, that's talking about when he turned back and thought he could start obeying the law just because he was born again. 
He still found out he couldn't keep it. That's what he wanted to do he couldn't do, and that which he couldn't stop doing, he couldn't stop doing. He, he thought he could do it all now because he was born again. When I was alive, I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived the sin nature. That's the noun there. Sin revived, the sin nature revived, and Paul said, and I died. My, my friend, if you're listening to me, and your life has been dead as a Christian, you can live again. Mm. You can live again. Hallelujah. You can come to life. It's in Christ. You, if you'll come back to the cross, you can live again. Oh, the church in Sardis, they were found dead by Jesus. Oh, you got a name that you're alive. You're putting on a really good show, but Jesus calls them dead because they weren't functioning by the only thing that you can function by where life is experienced, and that's the grace of God. But remember, grace reigns only through righteousness. What is that, Romans 5, 21? Grace only reigns through righteousness, and we're not living unless grace is reigning through righteousness. Get this now. The righteousness is who Jesus is and what he offers to us initially at salvation and daily for this path of righteousness so we can have the fruits of his righteousness moment by moment. Think about that. So these sessions are so the Lord can enhance the view of who he really is and what he's really done for us. And he tries to encourage us, don't take your eyes off of what he's always delivering you unto. Don't take your eyes off. Don't push against the messengers of the cross because the preacher over there said we need more than that. Those are hindrances to the body of Christ. Those are hindrances to the body of Christ. It doesn't matter if we're talking about the baptism with the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in other tongues, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, whatever they are, if they're not dipped in the blood of Jesus. I'm not talking about just saying, well, you know, none of this works without the cross and then going on. No, no, my friend. The, the focus has to always be the cross of Christ. The other things, the other things can never be the main thrust or the focus. We can't turn that around. If you turn that around, then all that you're teaching and preaching, you're, you're not going to experience it. And you're going to, actually, you're going to become dead because you're going to find yourself trusting in what you're doing again instead of what Christ did. It's got to always be the focus, my friend. Let's read this together. I've got to quit. It's already been an hour. Let's read both these verses. And may the Lord plant this in our hearts deeper than ever before, cause his light to shine brighter than ever before, and our feet to be found more steadfastly with a great strong confidence in his footprints than ever before. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. In this confidence we have in him as we fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life mm, to depart from the snares of death. My friend, that fountain of life is only the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus is our only departure, like I said, whether it's initially from being dead in sin and becoming dead to sin 
or whether it's being delivered right now on this day from realizing I've been dead because I've been trusting in and listening to things that I shouldn't have. My focus has not been the cross. I never knew the Bible said that God's delivering me unto death always. 2 Corinthians 4.11 because that's where the spirit of faith works and will be declared. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4.11 through 13. I hope you've been encouraged today. I hope you've been enlightened today. I hope the Lord has been able to reach into your heart and make some adjustments based on what you have been believing, maybe just adding strength to what you have believed. But I pray this session today has been something our Lord can use to help us have more clarity in this great truth of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and what He's done for us at Calvary. God has no other focus than through what His Son did at Calvary. God cannot be pleased outside of that avenue. God cannot be pleased by one thing other than the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the faith we live by. Amen. Galatians 2.20. I pray today that the Lord's touch be upon you. That if you find yourself not having had a great thanksgiving, that you'd redirect your attention to the cross of Christ. And I promise you, my friend, you have the greatest thanksgiving holiday you've ever had. It's not about what we have or don't have here on this earth. We're thankful for every little and large thing we do have that God has blessed us with. But more than all the things, our thankful heart is toward the sacrifice of Christ. For that's the reason we have everything that we do have, whether it be in the natural or the spiritual realm. And I'm thankful for every one of you. And I want to say to you today, happy Thanksgiving God bless you and may he pour his spirit of truth into your heart so much that your heart is enlarged to hold it more and more. I love you. If the Lord stirs your heart to be a blessing to this ministry, to give an offering to him through this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. I pray his touch be upon your body, your soul, and your spirit, and that you be found prospering in all three in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless you. I'll see you Sunday morning. My son Andrew will be here. Both of us will be ministering together Sunday morning. You don't want to miss it. I'll see you then. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. We'll see you then.